Awesome. And let's move on to the next part of the show. I'm thinking we got to talk about some bizarre comic books. Mm. I'm excited. I purposely didn't read too much into this before our show. We're like, we normally know, we normally prep pretty thoroughly for like, okay, this is the next book. Here, here's what you need to know, Ryan. But I this took a look at some of these. Man, we had to. Yeah. This sometimes, you know, it's f- more fun to hit the community. I'm excited with some just weird stuff. This is from right? Key Collector, right? Yeah, this is all from the best comic app in existence for learning about comics, for bettering yourself on the hunt, and so much more. This app is filled with categories, a lot of categories, um, but the categories are free for everyone to utilize. You don't even have to use code Tom one one to unlock a free two-week subscription because these categories, by Sweet. and large, are there for you to enjoy. However, there's a handful of categories that are subscriber-exclusive categories, such as hotkeys, the spec deck, dollar bin diving, and we've made shows about those very lists before, but that's really getting you like ahead of the curve on stuff, seeing if you can have some comeuppance. But we picked a category today that I just wanted to hit Ryan with because I think it's just fascinating. Not every comic book is key status because of the things that you would think. First appearance here, new costume, first team up, first battle, first time writer did this, first Claremont. You know what I'm talking about? To me, those are kind of boring and I don't really honestly care as much as a lot of people about like, you know, those are cool moments in history. It's got to strike a chord, you know? If it's a Green Lantern thing, you're like, okay, I get it. Sure. Sure. Even then, though, like I'd rather read a, an interesting story. There we go. Which I think is all, all of the books I've heard about on this list so far. Like I want to read, especially this one. This I really want to read this. Okay, so this is a very intriguing comic book, if I should say so myself. This right here is Action Comics 309, 1964. We have an appearance of President John F. Kennedy, who had been assassinated. Assassinated who had been assassinated days before the issue went on sale. Now, there is a person masquerading as Clark Kent, but Superman is in the issue. We Can you all zoom in? know. I want to read this dialogue out loud. This thought bubble. Superman is thinking something. I want to, I want to make sure. What is he reading? Well, we have also, a... there's a mermaid in the back. Wait, say it again. Say it again. There's a mermaid in the back. Yes, there is. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, so Superman is thinking here. He's shaking the hands with somebody, and there's a big arrow pointing to him that says, who is the mystery masquerade? We got to do him better than that. Okay. Let's describe the cover to the audio fam. We have Superman shaking hands with Clark Kent, who is the mystery masquerader. Who is the mystery masquerader? There it is. And we have Batman and Robin and Supergirl. and smiling all goofy. They're all in line waiting to meet Superman. And what does Superman say? He's thinking to himself, all my friends are here to congratulate me. But will anyone guess who is the man disguised as Clark Kent, my secret identity? Dun, dun, dun. And as you will find out in this book, there's a mystery to uncover because something is wrong here. There's two different people that that are the same person, Clark Kent and Superman. And throughout this narrative, we have just a bunch of wacky comic booky stuff, you know, 1964 narratives here. However, it gets revealed that Clark Kent is actually wearing a mask and it is revealed to be John F. Kennedy. Ooh. There we go. Yeah. Concealing himself so he can meet the Man of Steel. And what I find interesting about this is that this would be on sale. Like the week he the got week assassinated. He was assassinated. Yeah. So it's a little. It's creepy. Iry. I feel like they would have pulled this in, in, the, in the modern era. You know, maybe they had the quicker ways to pull something like that after, after that happens. But. Mm-hmm. That book, um, 
traditionally sees um, high average sales of like upwards of 150 to $200. Next on the list at number nine, Weapon Brown, number one. Now, what does that, what does that make you think? Charlie Brown, based okay. on his outfit here. Based on his outfit, we're looking at a almost like Rob Liefeld-esque character that is, you know, fresh from the 90s, rocking Ugh. patches, rocking a, a big huge cyborg gun. arm and a big jock pouch down there. <laughs> and like a big bald Vin Diesel head. So the first thing we got to say is that this came out in 2002. Okay. $30 average sales. However, I will tell the community that you shouldn't pay $30 averages because <laughs> this issue is print on demand on Indie Planet. This is a website where you can upload your independent comic books and they'll print the comics per order. So that means you can get this book right now for whatever it costs to pay for the comic on Indie Planet. However, this is a book that everyone needs to know about. It's a parody of Charlie Brown that describes the main character as a blockheaded, wishy-washy killing machine. It's a one-shot that collects a peanut scorned, a story first printed throughout the four issues series Deep Fried. So it also includes an original story titled A Weapon Brown Christmas. Now, I actually read through issue one. Oh, there's interior art. Okay. Look at this interior art. So we have what is clearly Charlie Brown flying a kite. But bulk. He's bulky. He's, he's getting, well, he's, he's like a teenager here. He's not a little tiny Charlie Brown like we're used to in the comic strips. Well, the thing is, is that he's bitter. Um, what we're looking at is a Charlie Brown trying to fly his kite and the kite wraps around his feet and he falls and he's frustrated. Look at his mouth. He's, he's mad. He says, failing probably again for the thousandth time. But wait, there's more. Apocalypse. <laughs> Nuclear bombs go off. Nuclear bombs go off. On the horizon, clouds rose, roaring towers of black and orange. They were like trees, a grove of magnificent flames. Malignant flame. I'm reading this from the side, comic fam. Bear with me. So, it was the most beautiful thing thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I want to read this so bad. I know. You got to read the the Charlie Brown Uh, hardcore um, narrative, but look at this. Good lord, he gets oh, turned into like a Punisher, like a Punisher what style character. He's wearing like a protective cup yeah. on the outside of his pants. That's for good reason because the dude was hit with major radiation. This right here is That's a mature. That's why he's got no hair. Exactly. Okay. They're See? giving you some backstory to the Charlie. Brown. You're finding out more info about Charlie Brown. Um, Charlie Brown. I'm good grief, comic fam. All right, next on this list. Um, it looks like I'm getting a little out of order. No, let's see if I can find it real quick. Just don't have the cover. No, I don't have the cover, but I'm going to find it for the comic fam. Cause it's muy importante. Let's see if I can get it here. Um, we have, this is the Superman book. Oh my God. The Superboy book. Oh, where is it? Comic fam, bear with me. It's the bags and boards podcast. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button. It's for it's these moments that I need your support That's more it. than ever. When he fails, just when like fail. Charlie Brown. All right, I'm going to pull it up while we do that. Here, one second. You can Google it, right? Oh, I can just get the cover because I have everything else. So we be good. We be good. Superboy sub- number Superboy 75. Superboy 75. The note here says Superboy spanking cover. That's and right. I don't know what this is. All right. Oh, okay. You got to see this cover. <laughs> it is freaking ridiculous. Okay, so um, this is... One of the strangest Superboy covers that you're ever going to see. What does that say, Ryan? Can you read that? Can you zoom in a little more? Yeah, I'll zoom in. Featuring Superboy, number 75. 
What are you looking at? First, what are you looking at for our audio this, fam? And then read what it says. This is a Superboy bent over the lap of Jonathan Kent. And Martha Kent is observing, supervising this whole thing happening. And he is spanking Superboy with what looks like a brush. But the brush is broken. It is bent and broken. And it says, Superboy, featuring the punishment of Superboy. And Jonathan is saying, gosh, Ma, I forgot it's impossible to spank Superboy. How can we punish him for being a bad boy? That's so good, dude. Freaking uh, comics were so weird back in the day. But you know what? This is a compelling mm. conundrum, if I do say so myself. How do you how do you punish that child? It's it's very, very difficult That's why to I figure don't have that kids, out. You know? Um That's so, the reason. Um this comic book actually doesn't dive into this very specific act that makes the cover so You mean it doesn't have the cover on the inside of the comic? Isn't that weird how that they did that weird. back in the day? However, Definitely what they don't do that anymore, but what they do 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 is discuss the challenges of how to parent a boy that is that sometimes causes mischief because he's a Kryptonian being. So they're giving you the backstory of why he gets in trouble. That's right. Okay. So here's an example. We have Superboy. He is at the school aquarium because he apparently some schools, public schools, they're like, you know what? We got to invest in a lot of things, but what we really need is a fish tank as well as electric eels. That can't go wrong in in, 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 an elementary school. Oh my goodness. I can't talk. There we go. Electric eels in an elementary school. Good heavens. If the teacher turns and sees my son Clark holding these electric eels without harm, she will know he has superpowers. He it tickles that. too. I like the it tickles. That's a good. It tickles. So it never dies. This just—it's a quick story, but it shows different situations that this child gets in that causes problems in his life, and while having to keep his identity secret, makes it that much more difficult to parent. For example, there's a a, a baseball that gets hit by a bat on the outside. It goes through the window, into the classroom, bounces off the steel, you know, it's basically as strong as steel head of Superboy and then hits the teacher in the head and then naturally <laughs> the teacher gets pissed. I love, it's good that you're showing this because we're going to talk about something. We're going to talk about the Silver Age yes. in a little bit. So it's kind of relevant and important that we actually have examples of what the Silver Age of comics was like. Like the teacher wanting to punish the child, because that's what they did. You know, they would just whack the kids with rulers, apparently. But then the ruler breaks on his arm. The challenges of raising a child with superpowers. Superboy number 75 goes for around $200 high average sales. This is a book from 1959. Goodness. Okay, this next one, I'm so hyped for you. I, I'm really hoping you did not read anything uh, about this. Team Titans. This is Team Titans not number teen eight. Titans, number but eight. Team Titans. So this is a future character who come. This is a this is a, a a future Nightwing who comes in from the future and gets introduced for the first time. Nightwing from the future embraces evil and becomes Deathwing. Deathwing. He Slips. dons a plunging V neck that exposes his. Wait for it. I'm waiting. Oh good. <laughs> pierced nipples. Pierced nipples. Someone that is a that pierced out. nipple. Oh, that is. Look at it. How does that make you feel, Ryan? It makes. I don't want to tell you how it makes me feel, but it makes me feel real good. Three dollar average sales debut in 1993. 93. With a guy That's named right. Deathwing. That's not a surprise at all. This 
<laughs> I don't need to see any other images. Do you have any other interior I images? I have one more for you, baby. Boom. There he is. Now Deathwing lives. Look at that. Look at what that. What is the purpose of that shirt? It just covers up his armpits, basically. Well, he's got to show off It that, leaves his pierced, his pierced nipples very clearly showing. But also, the edges of his shirt have to, like... Be rubbing up against the... the it's got to be a little <laughs> uncomfortable to right? wear this costume is what you're saying. It must be. And it tucks in at his waist. So I imagine he's got to like constantly be stuffing it back into his pants. And like, it's a lot of work to look this cool. I look think the real... spiked armbands and he's got like the fins on his, on his wrists. I think uh, that there are not enough wow. heroes with pierced nipples that we, you know, that are in comic books let's, currently. Let's normalize that. That's what I'm trying to do here on the Bags and Boards show, comic fam. Next on the list, at number six, Hellblazer numero 247. This came out in 2008. This sees $3 average sales. Again, we just talked about a $4 book. This is a, excuse me, a $3 book. This is another $3 book. We're talking cover price for bizarre comic books. We found them on Key Collector, the, the best comic app in existence to learn about funny books. This is why the hunt for dope keys are amazing because not every one is super expensive. And I like the bizarre. Yes. I like too. the weird. I'm enjoying this. How do you think the Batman slapping Robin became a key book? Right. Right. It's just some random. It's a random book. thing that happened in culture. And, and it, it kind of just personified a moment in time that people now hunt for. We have Hellblazer 247. To perform a magic ritual that will temporarily hone his abilities, John Constantine uses mortar and pestle to create a fine powder from the bones of St. Nicholas. <laughs> the inspiration behind Santa Claus. This is the quote. Oh, no. Looks like it's going to be a white Christmas <laughs> after all. Okay. John Constantine grinds up the bones of St. Nicholas. He needs to. What the hell? He needs to grind them up. He needs to do his magic that he does so well so that he can get his powers back. He looks at. You know, there's this postcard of Santa Claus and does what he does best. <laughs> oh, he snorts Santa Claus. This is hardcore. This is. He uses uh, a straw to snort the bone dust of St. Nicholas. This is why uh, John Constantine is one of the coolest characters in DC Comics. He gives no Fs, man. You don't see Superman doing this. He sure as hell don't. All right. I'm hoping that we see something like this in uh, the the Swamp Thing. What's it called? Red Green Hell. Oh right, yeah. That yeah I want to see some of that. Time. Come on, man. Let's let's do it. Next on this list at number five, we got a Punisher book that always goes so on. It just goes underloved, undervalued, underappreciated, and it's kind of a key Wolverine Punisher book. It's a four dollar comic. Battle of Wolverine and Punisher in a story called Vertical Challenge by Garth Ennis. You know, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. The boys. They don't mess around, the yo. Boys. Come on. It's a two-issue arc with sequences of violence where Wolverine takes a shotgun blast to the face that exposes the entirety of his adamantium skull. Yeah. Look at that beautiful art. Terrifying. Terrifying. And that's what we're talking about. The bizarre. You know, Punisher is going to go all in. He's ruthless. He's lethal. And he blows Wolverine's face off. And what we're seeing is a adamantium-covered skull only, but just the face exposed. Somehow his, somehow his eyes managed to survive a shotgun blast. That's Potentially right. the he, weakest part of the face. 
That's right. But they, they managed to stay intact. Maybe They're they grew back fast enough. A terrifying image. But that's not the only thing that happens. I can't show you this next part, comic fan, but I'm going to tell you about it. Is it too the, graphic? It is too graphic. Fun. The Punisher then incapacitates, capaci- um, incapacitated, lo- then incapacitates, I can't say this, incapacitated Logan. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, you got it. All right. He, he, he knocks Logan oh, out okay. with a close range shot to the genitalia and assured him that they'll grow back. The Punisher. He knows. He's seen it before. Blasts off. Wolverine's Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Logan's little Wolverine. Or whatever. Moderately so. We don't don't have a picture. (laughs) Moderately so. He's average. I don't know. All right, comic fam, what do you think about this? Because as far as Wolverine books go, key moments, strange things. This right here, as Mojo Quid says, literally so metal. Next on the list at number four. This is one of those strange ones. This is definitely not something that's like outrageous, but it is is bizarre. Marvel, during the Thor run, did what was called a Marvel animal variant for a bunch of different comics. And this one happens to be done by Jennifer Parks. This is an artist you can find on Instagram. I scrolled through their Instagram page and she does a lot of different animal drawings, but also it just also does like nature drawings as well. This one in particular features a cat on Thor's body, but it's not even on Thor's body because those are paws for hands. So this is like a Thor. It's cat Thor. Sure. But you'll be surprised to know first that a lot of people will overlook this cover. They don't know about this cover, right? Right. $35 averages. It's being listed 9.8s for two to $300. Okay. All right. It's these types of moments in variants that people overlook and then are surprised about being worth money because it's so bizarre. It's so. Did you get any of the other ones? No, I, I want to see like one. a Wolverine or like a Cyclops. <laughs> if the comic fam likes and subscribes, uh, maybe we'll actually come back and do some more um, the coverage of, of these, these variants. Animal variants. I did not know those existed. And this is amazing. Next one on this list is one that I've showcased on the show multiple times. We're talking about Sir Cates, Donnie Cates. He writes this book called Baby Teeth, which ah. I'm surprised we haven't talked about on the show yet. Yeah. I, I want to get caught up. It's I, ongoing. I did read a little. I think it actually just ended. Did it just end? It recently ended. Okay. Well, I, I know they were I read up the there beginning of numbers. It. So I got to I gotta dive into it. But this is a Baby Teeth number one variant wraparound cover that was limited to 25 total in existence. It is a leather cover. Yes, it's made out of goat skin. That's horrifying. Okay. It is horrifying. Baby Some Teeth written. Necronomicon stuff. Yep. Um, it's written in, um, and, and actually has Roman numerals limited to 25 numbered copies and it was painted on real goat skin, mm. $450 average sales. This is a very dark narrative, but definitely one that for horror fans and fans of Donnie Cates, Sir Cates, you're going to enjoy it. And this is one of those weird sleeper books because only 25 exist. This is the kind of book that'll skyrocket if something weird happens. But this is a very mature read, so it's tough to see this having a future on the screen. But you never know. You never know. You never know. All right. It would make a cool show, Baby Teeth. It really would. Okay, this is a really fun book. Star Wars Tales, issue number 19. We get the first appearance of um, Ben Skywalker. This is number two on our list. This is Luke's son in the Legends Correct. Uh, t- le- what's be- being considered as legends in Star Wars lore, where 
Pre-Disney canon. Pre-Disney canon, but they don't scrub them entirely. They're not, considering not necessarily. them legends. They, they Thrawn, may or may not have happened. Thrawn was pre-Disney canon, but he has somehow managed to survive just because he's that cool. Exactly, right? So, like, they definitely pull from certain legend tales, but also they've happened so long ago or they've happened in a time where they may just ignore it. And this is definitely one of the ones where it's like, they're probably going to ignore it. Yeah. You know? However, the more important thing is that in Star Wars 19, which is sitting $45 average sale debuting debuting in 2004, here's Luke's son. Very cool. Okay. Ben Skywalker, named after probably Ben Kenobi. Probably. But also, we have a narrative where it takes place a little bit further in the future. It says here, 126 years later, and you see a wreckage of the Millennium Falcon. And there's a couple people that are talking about it. But then a character shows up, a character with a whip, a character with a very and a fedora. known fedora, right? Yep. A cowboy hat, if you will. Okay. Kiss. <laughs> we have wow. a cameo okay. of Indiana Jones. What? But it happened. Yes. Weird. Millennium Falcon crash lands on Earth years ago, and Indiana Jones stumbles on the wreckage in this comic book. I think it's pretty fascinating. It's these types of books that I find a liking to. You know, just like random cameos of characters. If anything, I would say that it is one word. Bizarre. It's interesting to see Harrison Ford finding the Millennium Falcon. Which is fun because Harrison Ford is in Star Wars. See? Wow. Okay. Number one on our list today is Kiss, Marvel Comics Super Special number one, debuting in 1977. $200 average sales, debuting in Howard the Duck. However, this is the second appearance of Kiss in comic books. Kiss was a huge, huge fan of Marvel Comics, along with a lot of other rock stars back in the day. They would read comics on tour. You know, you can see Danzig in The Misfits reading comics on the bus. You can see shots of Gene Simmons, who has, according to Stan Lee, a photographic memory. And when they were in the airplane going to Buffalo, New York, where I was born, by the way, to the printing press to deposit the vials of blood. We talked about this before. We have talked about this book before. Ah, forever ago. The creation of this book consisted of a marketing plan that was wild. The Kiss production company sold the idea, rather, the not literally sold, but they like sold the idea to Stanley to do it, saying, hey, let's make the comic. Let's deposit a couple drops of blood in the ink at the pressing plant. Oh, man. And that way we can say that everyone who reads this comic is getting a little tiny bit of the Kiss DNA in their, you know, in, in the pages of the book when they experience it. First of all. Look at him over there on the right. He's got that Deathwing shirt on with the nipples. <laughs> That's it right there. See? That's the nipple shirt. But he doesn't have Pierce nipples, though. <laughs> Probably not. You can't tell from this. Image. I can't tell. I haven't looked We need closely. to do more analysis. We need to do some nip analysis of these guys. Nip analysis. Yes. But also, this is bringing me back to, like, we were talking about this with, like, like Kia Morgan stuff back in the day, right? We sure like, were. This is, like, first couple of months of this YouTube channel. That's right. It's bringing me way back. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have to dive back into that because the those backlog. have actually resurfaced a little bit. But. Uh-oh. Um, what I found fascinating about this story, you can find this on YouTube. Um, Stan has actually just straight up talked about this experience on the plane ride to Buffalo, New York. They were going with the, the, the kiss members, all four of them, plus Stan Lee, Mark making it five. 
they took a plane to Buffalo to then drive to the printing house and then to do the deposit into the ink so that the red ink would have the traces of their blood. So Stan describes it in two parts. The first part is the experience with Gene Simmons on the airplane ride. And once they arrived to Buffalo, New York, it was as if the president was in town. The, the, the streets were shut down. Kiss was so popular and Marvel was so popular that they had to shut down streets, have police escorts and everything to, for them to go to the printing house to do this really absurd, bizarre act of dropping bloodlets into drops of blood into the printing, into the ink that would be then printed on this comic book. But the thing that I wanted to point out was Stanley saying that Gene Simmons had a photographic memory. And the way that he knew this was because Gene Simmons on the entire plane ride was asking Stan Lee about random comic issues and panels. Do you remember, Stan, on issue 24 of ASM in panel five, page six, and that's how Stan describes it, is that Gene was just super quick and obsessed with this stuff, which is probably like what Stan probably experienced in most of his life going to conventions. People super diehard yeah, asking no idea, about- No idea, kid. I don't remember writing any of this stuff. I was just riffing. I was <laughs> yeah. riffing. You know, that's how Stan worked. But you know what? We're talking Bizarre Comics. This hit $500 at a 9.0 this past week. What do you think about Bizarre Comics, Comic Fam? I love them. I love controversial comics. I like recalled comics. I like bizarre comic books. That was and fun. you should too. Yeah, I like I quite enjoyed looking through those. What? Ryan liked it? I did. I'm so surprised. I don't like anything we do, so you, it's good when I like something. Yeah, I'm just here. Ryan's a bitter, <laughs> bitter person. I'm being comic forced fam. to be here.